Welcome to Zero Fucks Given Podcast with Paige and Chelsea, where we're going to talk about real life shit from our personal life stories to current events, pop culture. Don't forget about the dating and sex. Ugh, and motherhood. <laughs> and so much more. Join us as we hold nothing back. And literally, no topic is off limits. We will be revealing our dirty little secrets with a splash of sarcasm <laughs> and profanity. Maybe with the occasional guest to join in on the fun. So sit back, buckle up, and get ready. <laughs> You've been warned. Hey, y'all. Welcome back. Welcome in, sexy motherfuckers. <laughs> uh, so this week, we are going to be talking about a couple different um, topics, I guess you could say. Um, the month of October is breast cancer awareness month and national bullying prevention month (laughs) yep that's the one listen i even repeated it and i was like i got it i'm gonna say it i'm gonna be right on and then i froze and it all disappeared it's fine (laughs) chelsea's gonna be leading most of this episode because i am sick i'm under the weather i sound a little froggy so Chelsea's going to be doing most of the leading on this one, and I'm just going to sit over here and try to be quiet so I'm not coughing the whole episode. Yeah, so no, like, pressure or anything to me, right? But, like, <laughs> if you hear me just start rambling, know that it's – I'm literally trying to pull something out of my ass to keep talking to get through your coughing fit. So yeah, if it gets weird, just be patient with us. <laughs> it's right. that season. I feel like everyone's getting oh. stuffy noses, sore throats. Like, it's it's that weather change, man. It sucks. It is. It's so bad right now. And like, uh, the more I talk, the more I it's cough. So, so awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think to start off the episode, it would be kind of cool just to put out some, um, some numbers, some facts, some statistics mm-hmm. on breast cancer, because I think yeah. I'm going to share a little bit later in the episode about a personal story. And it's, um, it's a very rare story, but I just, mm-hmm. I don't know if people are aware of how high the risk of breast cancer like really is. Yeah. Uh, So I know I have a few and you have a few, so we can kind of just go back and forth if you want. Um, The first thing that I have is that breast cancer. Okay. Uh, Breast cancer is the most common cancer in women in the United States, except for skin cancer. Um, It actually averages out to about 30% of all women. So one in three women that, get diagnosed with a cancer, um, it's usually breast cancer. And that's each year. Mm-hmm. One um, in three. That's, yeah, a, that's lot. a lot. I know more than yeah. three women. You right. know, you add up all I of mean, my friends and it's like one of every three. It's like, damn. Right. You add one more to me and you and one of the three of us is likely to get it. It's kind of scary. <laughs> um, that's super scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one of the ones I found was just in this year. So in 2023, an estimated 297,000 women and 200 or 2,800 men will be diagnosed with invasive breast cancer. Uh, yeah. See, so on the um, American Cancer Society website, I also found a fact that said just in the year 2023, they are estimating that about 43,700 women will die from breast cancer just this year. Yeah. 
That's that's terrifying. That's more people that lived in the small town that I'm from in Texas. Yeah. You know, that's, I mean, the population there is only 8,000. So you're talking four towns of that size mm-hmm. of women in the United States that will die just from this cancer. Yeah. That only includes, yeah, it's like, that's only the U.S. That doesn't include the whole country, mm-hmm. the whole world. I mean, right. country, board. Right. Um, they do say that they were talking about like age on here and it does say that breast cancer mainly occurs in middle-aged and older women. The median age of the time of breast cancer diagnosis is around the age 62. Mm-hmm. Um, so this means that the half of the women who develop breast cancer are 62 or younger, um, when they get their diagnosis, it's actually like a really small number of women diagnosed with breast cancer that are younger than the age of 45. So that's usually that's usually why at the age of like 40 is when they start talking like mammograms, breast exams, yeah. and all of that. And I don't know about you, but I've already gotten not like a mammogram, but I, I think starting at the age of 25, mm-hmm. I mean, my yearly physical with my doctor, it's always the hand exam. Like they mm-hmm. always do that. Yeah. yeah, they do it every year that I go for my annual like pap smear and stuff. That's mm-hmm. that's a normal thing. Um, another interesting fact that I found was... Um, on average, every two minutes, a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer every two minutes. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So that's 30 per hour, 30 an hour. Right. I mean, it's so scary to sit here and just look at the numbers. It's like, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, it's there and you know that it's like a thing. Mm -hmm. And you know that it's very right. possible. But when you sit back and you read the numbers, it's so terrifying. It is. It is terrifying. And 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 our and our issue with this, or our purpose for this, I should say, isn't yeah. to like strike fear into anyone, right? It's no. again like the month awareness. Says, awareness. Like yeah. we just want you to all be aware <laughs> of how high these numbers are and the risk. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the other facts that I found on the American Cancer Society website is that um, that 13% of the United States female population will experience breast cancer within their lifetime. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that 13, like that's, again, that's a high number. Like we just want people aware and we'll go over like symptoms and signs and like things like that. But I think it's just, again, bringing the awareness to it. Mm -hmm. Do your own scans at home, like do all of that. Um, just Listen, God, if you teach- can catch it early, I mean, of course, you're going to have a better chance, you know? Right. I always joke, like when I was with someone, like teach your teach your man how to do those those breast scans at home on your titties. He likes to play with your titties anyway. Teach him how to feel for those lumps and bumps and let him do it, you know? <laughs> listen, make a game out of it. Because listen, <laughs> you know your man knows your titties better than better than anyone in this world. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. so- I mean, Trust me, he'll know when something's off. <laughs> right. He already wants to play with them anyway. So just let him reach up there and fill around. If you fill something out of the ordinary, he'll be like, listen, this does not feel right. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. See, and, and so again, the higher numbers is it, they are w- with women. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm going to be talking about a personal <clears throat> experience that kind of is going to tie to this. Um, I actually lost my brother to stage four metatastic breast cancer, um, August 22nd of 2022. So we just hit his year anniversary. 
Um, and so it really made me interested in looking at the facts from that. Mm-hmm. And I was shocked at actually how rare it is. So it said that male breast cancer only accounts for less than 1% of all breast cancer diagnoses. So mm-hmm. what was that number that we saw that said um, uh, 297,790 20- new cases a year? Yeah. Less than 1% of that mm-hmm. is men. Yeah. And see, you when know. we first became friends and you, you told me that you had just recently lost your brother and then you told me what it was, I was like, wait, what? Breast cancer? I was like, <laughs> shocked. Mm-hmm. I had That no is the idea. response I get from everyone. That that was mm-hmm. even a thing. I was like, wait, how is that even possible? I was so confused. Yeah, so to kind of go into the diagnosis side, like what metatastic, you know, obviously stage four is, um, it is the, it's like the final stage. That is the harshest stage. Um, a lot of people don't (laughs) make it out of that. There are like, again, there are 4 million survivors in all different stages, but, um, so what metatastic means, it means that it's a cancer that grows off of its own like cells. So, It's a cancer that starts in one place, but travels everywhere. So uh, my brother was diagnosed three years prior to his passing. Um, And he, I mean, he's in Southern California. The man um, had definitely enough like finances to like see the top doctors. I mean, he was going to the Mm -hmm. cancer institute and, you know, all that Um, they ran all kinds of tests. He was doing great. Honestly, up until that last like six months, Mm -hmm. he was doing fantastic. He went and got the breast tissue and his, um, nipple removed. So he got all of the tissue out hoping that that would fix it. You know, they, of course he was, um, um, a port was implanted into his chest to continue with treatment. Mm -hmm. Um, and he was actually starting to, you know, after chemo and all of that, he was growing his hair back and he'd start getting more energy again. And he'd have these like really great moments. Um, But where that metatastic comes in is now he was having to do full body scans. Um, So that last, I'd say six to eight months, it was, we found spots in your brain. Okay, Mm -hmm. cool. Let's go in and treat it immediately. And so, um, you know, they would go in and they would do whatever they had to do and they would treat for the spots in his brain. And, you know, all of a sudden here's his Facebook post. Everything came out clear, 100% gone, chemo and radiation worked, um, you know, keep the prayers going. And then a couple months later, he'd go in for another full scan and boom, it was in his lungs. Um, It was almost like this, this game, this like cat and mouse game that you're playing now that he's having to play now because it's like, they'd find it, they'd heal it. And then they'd find it somewhere else. They'd find it, they'd heal it. Boom. Um, So he ended up actually passing because it went to his lungs and um, obviously any kind of cancer or infection or anything like that in your lungs, it's life threatening. If you can't breathe, you're done. Um, So they did start treating it and they were showing good signs Mm -hmm. of the spots getting smaller on the scans. Um, But it just, his body, I think was so weak and so just 
deteriorated tired. by this point. Yeah. yeah, tired, tired. Um, but he ended up going to bed one night and he ended up um basically the cause of death was drowning on fluids in his lungs. So he um thankfully was not in awful pain. He wasn't, you know, it wasn't anything crazy. He was at home with his dog and he was comfortable in his nice, big, comfy bed. And he went to sleep that night and he just never woke up. Mm -hmm. Um, But to tell people, like you said, like you were shocked by it. If I talk to anyone about it, I'm like, yeah, it was stage four breast cancer. People's jaws drop. They're like, wait, Mm -hmm. what? In a male? I've never heard of that before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but my brother was really, um, you know, when he first got diagnosed with it, like he was super smart and he, when he went to the doctors and stuff, they, I guess there's a way that they can test your genetics. Um, Mm -hmm. and they actually found out that it was, um, passed down to him. That gene was passed Mm -hmm. down to him from his mother's side of the family. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was like his main concern was like letting me know like, Hey, I'm going to go get this tested, but if it mm-hmm. comes back that it's from dad's side, because I've, I also lost my father from we, he and I share the same dad. Mm-hmm. Um, we lost my dad to lung cancer. Um, so he was afraid that this was like a gene. And yeah. so that was a very terrifying, like, I think it only took like six or seven days for him to get the results back. Yeah. Uh, but that was a very like six or seven days that I'm sitting here waiting, like, okay, this could be in my future. You know, if it's in, if it's passed down to me, like I need to kind of mentally prepare. And sure enough, we found out it's from his mother's side. So I am safe genetically, but Mm -hmm. I mean, I I didn't see anything statistically saying that my chances are any lesser because it's not passed down by genes. It's still, it's still what, one in eight in their lifetime. Yeah. So. And um, one statistic too, that I saw in this doesn't relate at all to that but another one that i think is very important to point out is um 40 percent higher death rate among black women um i saw a lot i saw that too yeah there was a and then i didn't i should have gotten it and i didn't um there was it seemed like the number for hispanic women was higher as well which i don't like, I don't understand that, of course, you know, science, but I'm not a science person. See, I looked on two different websites. So I looked on mm-hmm. the CDC website and I looked on the American Cancer Association website. Mm-hmm. Um, one website said it had um, it had African-American women as the mm-hmm. top um, and then white and then Hispanic. The other website had um, um, had white women first. But um, African-American women, I mean, it was only like a one point off, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that was like an overall number or just in this last year. I should have paid more attention to that, to be honest. But yeah, the information I got was from the National Breast Cancer Foundation website. So that's where my stuff came from. Yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty much all that I have on like like statistically. I mean, it's it's just, you know, I can't drill this into anyone enough. Like I never thought that I would lose. Um, when I was younger, one of my mom's very best friends that was around us a lot as a child, she ended up passing away from breast cancer. Um, and she didn't, 
she didn't have it as smooth or as easy mm-hmm. as my brother did. Um, when, when they diagnosed her, it was already too late to do anything. Yeah. Um, and she was very old school. And so she didn't want any of the medicine. She didn't want anything like that. So her journey out of this world was really rough. And, yeah. um, my mother and I went to go say bye to her, you know, and she was already in on hospice care in bed, just yeah. kind of waiting to go. Um, and that was, and I'm not going to give details out about it, but as a child looking at the state that her body was in, oh, um, imagine, yeah. she was literally bleeding from every hole pore in her body. Um, it was traumatizing. And so when I found my brother, when I found out about his diagnosis, immediately I went back to that same fear. You know what I mean? That same like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to watch you deteriorate. And that's like, um, Excuse me. <laughs> no, you're fine. It's hard, I know. It's uh it's really hard to watch someone you love suffer, you know, yeah. and they're doing everything they can, you know, doctors are on top of it. Mm-hmm. And um it's just really hard to know because you never know when they're going to be here from one day to the next. And, um, and my brother was such a, um, live life to the fullest kind of person. Yeah. And he never, um, posted about it really on social media, not until the end when it started to like, look like it was getting better because he never wanted the sympathy, you know, but with that, he was also very private. So when it did get bad, um, he wasn't very vocal about it. Um, and he would, you know, he would play it off like everything's fine. I'm great. Just like living life, you know, and um, like everything, you know, I'm building a house in Belize and my company's thriving and, you know, all these great pictures online. And, um, and so I decided to go visit him, um, Thanksgiving of 21. So Mm -hmm. about a year before he passed Mm -hmm. and, um, I realized very quickly once I got there, like how bad it actually was Mm -hmm. Um, and how just his body was just, I mean, not the same Damon that I knew, not the Damon that he presented online, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, very tired, very fatigued, just in pain all the time, just like a, 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 like a, like a chronic pain that was never like so bad that he couldn't do anything, but it was just so constant that he just wasn't living life to the fullest anymore. And and that's, I think that's when I truly realized that this was going, this was affecting him way more than what he was sharing for sure. Um, so, but it's hard. I mean, cancer is a roller coaster ride, no matter what, you know? Yeah no matter what, because we all thought that he was doing so great. My dad was the same. They found the lung cancer. They took it out. Yeah. Um, He went for all of his checkups. Everything was clear. And then he went back for his one-year checkup, and they found a spot again, scheduled him for surgery within that same week. 
Um, And as soon as they opened him up on the table, they had realized that it had spread to his entire abdomen. It was in his bones, his lung, the top of his um, stomach. Um, So at that point, there was nothing left to do. And they, Mm -hmm. you know, put him back together and sent him home to pass. Um, So it's just such a... um, such a hard thing to deal with. And it's hard to watch anyone go through that. And I, again, I think that's why I, there was such an importance of making this episode to just mm-hmm. let people be aware because there are signs that you can um, look out for, you know, again, yeah. check yourself when you're laying there watching TV, massage the tissue around your breast and around your nipples. And if there's lumps, if there's anything, go check it. Who mm-hmm. cares if, if it comes out to be nothing great, fantastic. Yeah. You know, but on the chance, you know, that you're one in eight, (laughs) you know, it's just so much better to get it figured out um, before. I should say some of the most common symptoms for breast cancer Mm -hmm. is um, discomfort in the breasts or around the nipple, inverted nipples, lumps, or nipple discharge. Um, There are a couple other common ones are redness of the breast. So like skin that's just like randomly red or swollen. Um, and then your lymph nodes around that are swollen. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> again, I just can't stress to everyone enough, like how important talk to your doctor, they'll check you. They can, yeah. they, they, they know what they're doing. They'll tell you how often to do it. It's just, I've, I've already lost someone, you know what I mean? I, it's so hard. And every time I hear or see someone online or in my life or on TikTok, it just, it throws you right back, you know? Oh, yeah. It's like that. It's, again, like we talked about last week with domestic domestic violence. It's just that instant trauma throws you right back into the moment that right. you saw or found out or whatever. Um, I I haven't personally experienced anything with breast cancer Um, anybody in my life super close to me with breast cancer, but my uncle passed away from pancreatic cancer. Um, so I have lost someone to cancer and his was Mm -hmm. stage four. So it was, you know, and he chose to not do anything. He was like, this is, this is what God has dealt me. I'm okay with it. And I'm just gonna do what I can until I'm gone and it is what it is and um it was very what age range was he in um he was in his 50s so I mean not super old you know and Mm -hmm. he was overall healthy um Mm -hmm. and oh yeah listen cancer doesn't discriminate Oh, I know. Cancer, that is one thing about it. It, It'll go after the healthiest people out there. We found out, he found out in April, and I think it was Mm -hmm. April 24th, and by June 29th of the same year, he was gone. Two months and five days. Mm -hmm. Just how quick it was. Yeah, it's crazy how quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And and how quickly it takes over the entire body. I had probably seen him a week before we found out and he, he looked just mm-hmm. like my uncle Mark had always looked. And I saw him three mm-hmm. days after he told me and he looked completely different, 
completely just different. And it was like the, how rapid, how rapid it changes someone is it's crazy. I mean, if you look at my brother, the first year of diagnosis, it's the Damon that I know. And I have a picture of him from behind um, when I was there for Thanksgiving. And he looks like, I mean, my brother was 45 Mm -hmm. when he passed. Um, But in the picture, he's standing next to his mother who's, you know, elderly. And he looks like her husband, you know, because it just, it, it took everything out of him. Everything, even grayed him. Even the hair that came back came in gray. That's insane. So it's just, it's, it's an absolute devastating diagnosis, you know? And I think that's, again, the importance. And like with your uncle, I think that's the importance of making sure that you start getting the checks, Mm -hmm. you know, talk to your doctor. They're going to know what's, what's higher in, you know, whether you're male or female and what you should be checking and things like Mm -hmm. that. You know, it's, it's the importance of it is just crazy. Yeah, I agree. Um, that's why I continue to get breast exams and pap smears mm-hmm. and listen, we're just going to keep checking it because I, I don't, God, God forbid, you know, I just, yeah. if I do ever, if, if, if that, if those are the cards that I am dealt, I would just rather take care of it early and have a better chance at remaining yeah. on this earth. You know what I mean? Yeah. So with all of that being said, we're definitely going to dedicate this episode to my brother um, just in memory of him and his his motto, live life to the fullest. Um, and I think uh, we're going to take a little break and we're going to come back and discuss some bullying and the maybe assholes. bring some We're going to transition from boobies to From boobies to buttholes all in one episode. <laughs> all right. Catch y'all in a few. So how do I say goodbye? Someone who's been with me for my whole damn life. You gave me my name and the color of your eyes. See your face when I look at mine. So how do I, how do I, how do I say goodbye? All right. So back with kind of part two of this episode. We have now changed our outfits, <laughs> changed our colors. Costume change. <laughs> Quick change. <laughs> um, we've changed over to orange because orange is the color for uh, National Bullying Prevention Month. So that is the color, whereas pink, obviously, was for breast cancer. So we were just trying to keep the theme going with this week and last week. Because last week we had purple for domestic violence. Um, so we're we so wanna... creative. I know, right? We're so cool. <laughs> we're the cool kids. <laughs> um, but one reason that we wanted to specifically touch on bullying is um, I was bullied a lot in middle school, for sure. Chelsea was bullied a lot in middle school. And then my oldest son right now is 13 and is in middle school. And he is going through it with bullying a lot. Um, and then we've also talked about on here a little bit, um, a kind of fundraiser type thing that I did a couple, it's been like a month and a half ago, um, for a kid in the town that I live in who was attacked on the school bus and bullied. 
And we just did kind of like a drive through town to, to show our support and that he wasn't alone and that kind of stuff. And he's also in the same school as my son. He's a year behind him. He was a seventh grader who was attacked by a senior in high school. A 12-year-old was attacked by a 17-year-old boy attacked by a 17-year-old female um, because he didn't Yeah, it wanna... was national news. I mean, it, it was. was everywhere. Yeah, it, was it was all over TikTok. It was, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty big um, because he was in, quote unquote, her sister's seat um and he had it had been a reoccurring thing that he was being picked on for from these kids and he finally stood up for himself and she just i mean attacked this kid straight up punched him smashed his head into the window seat or the window of uh, of the the bus and he ended up having to have mm -hmm. i believe it was eight or nine staples in his head um, he was out of school for about a month, terrified to go back to school. It was a whole thing. Um, she was arrested. I don't know how long she spent in jail. Um, I know it was weeks. Yeah. I honestly haven't heard if she's even out yet. I don't know. Um, but, and my son last school year was, um, put on I guess what you would call a hit list it's kind of what what it was called when I was in school a list of names were texted out that this one kid was going to come to school with a with a weapon and the kids that were on this list he was going to take out and then teachers and my son was on that list and it was a very scary that's the worst phone call you can get besides you know the phone call that your child mm -hmm. is is no longer on this earth it's one of the scariest phone calls you can get as a parent. And I remember going to my boss at work last year and being like, I got to go. I got to go. There's a situation with mm -hmm. Jacob's school. I have to leave. And I put on my flashers and I drove as fast and as safe as I could to that school. I have never been so terrified in my life. Um, not only that, but because that student and and my son have homeroom together so had that student been at right. school that morning um luckily the it, the information was yeah the information was found out before the kid got to school so he never actually made it to school but had he made it to school and had something they have homeroom together so my fear right. was my son would have been probably one of the first that he got to and that's these still mm -hmm. to this day that's one of the scariest things um but yeah it's so bullying was something that we definitely wanted to touch on because ugh, i don't feel like it ever stops it starts yeah and I, to be honest i feel like it, it's gotten worse because nowadays there's social media so now there's mm -hmm. a whole different there's a whole different level of bullying, mm -hmm. you know, cyberbullying. And look at the amount of school shootings that have happened from, I mean, it's not that they've never happened, but the amount yeah. of them happening now, you know, mm -hmm. and one of the things that I saw online is that 60% of school shooters reported being bullied uh, in person or online. Yeah, before, you know, so it's like this bullying is now like it's turned into this trickle effect that is mm -hmm. taking lives. Yeah. You know, well, one first handed by the bully himself because he was bullied. Yeah. And then second off the mental damage that it does to, yeah. uh, to people afterwards, you know, 
Yeah. I mean, I still have, you know, mental effects of my bullying from middle school because mine was my weight, you know, and I still, same, mm -hmm. you know, I still sit back because in middle school we had to wear collared, collared button up shirts to this day. I still Mm -hmm. will not pick up a collared button up shirt in a store because of how I remember looking in them in middle school will not do it. Right. I will not wear them. If you catch me in a collared shirt, good luck. It's because I was forced and I had a right. <laughs> gun held to my head to be made to wear that damn thing because I have scars. Yeah, you have to bully me having, back into wearing that shirt. Yeah. <laughs> because I have <laughs> emotional scars from being bullied in middle school from wearing collared shirts. Yeah. Like, I'd be damned if you catch me yeah. in one because it's not going to happen. Um, but yeah, once see, and my, take... my stuff in younger. No, go ahead. I'm oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, my stuff, when I was younger, mm-hmm. um, I my bullying was in elementary school when I was younger um, mm-hmm. because I was the minority in my school. Mm-hmm. Um, there were only, I think there were, there were less than 10 white children in the entire school. Um, and I got bullied because of that. And then as middle school went on, well, because of the bullying, I started packing on weight. So by the time I got to middle school, then the bullying transitioned into my weight. Um, mm-hmm. And by that point, let's, I mean, let's talk about it. Being bullied can turn you into a bully. And yeah. I'll tell you right then, I got done being bullied and I started fighting. Uh, my yeah. my knuckles have scars on them from busting eyebrow bones open. You know what I mean? Like it's, I mean, and that that's not nothing to be proud of. You know, my dad always told me, as long as you don't swing first, do what you have to do to protect yourself, you know? And so that's always been a thing, but it does show the example that being bullied can push you as a child. Mm -hmm. It can push you to retaliate or yeah, yeah, there absolutely is. Yeah. Yeah. My dad always said, don't swing first, but you better swing last. You better knock them the hell out. Yeah. You better end it. That's don't what my dad would tell it, me. You better, you better not it. start it, but you better finish it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and I mean, I've taught my son, I've taught both of my kids the same thing. Like, don't ever start mm-hmm. it. But if someone swings mm-hmm. at you, you better stand up for yourself. And if you get your ass whooped right. in the process, at least you went out trying. Mm-hmm. Well, and my, my family always had like a protocol, right? It was always, you know, you talk to us, mm-hmm. you talk, talk to a teacher, talk to the school, talk to whoever. Mm-hmm. If it's not handled, talk to us. Yeah, we will same. then go to the school and see what yeah. we can do. And then mm-hmm. if it doesn't end after that, if you got a swing to stop it, swing. Yeah. That's, that's exactly <laughs> you know, if it comes been, to your physical health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly been my motto. I have told him, tell a teacher, talk to, um, they have kind of like a, it's not like a homeroom teacher, but it's like a, a person that each grade has that they can go to for certain mm-hmm. things like that. So, so he has someone right. that's trusted that he can go to for stuff like that to talk to um not necessarily like a guidance Mm -hmm. counselor but kind of um so i'm like if your teacher is not doing anything about it go to mr so-and-so 
And right. if he doesn't do anything about it, then come home, talk to me. I'll call the principal. I'll talk to him. If it's not stopped after right. that and it continues, then you handle it however you need to, but you do not start it. That is my only rule. Right. You don't start anything. Right. Um, and I've gotten phone calls like he got in a fight today and I'm like, well, I told you. I told why? you this was going to yeah, happen. Why? And they're mm -hmm. like, well, you probably, you need to come get him for the, they're like, do you want to come get him for the rest of the day? Or do you want us to put him in ISAP? And I'm like, put him in ISAP. I'm not coming and getting him and bringing him home. That's a reward. Right. Like, no, he can sit right. at school. You guys let this happen. You guys deal with it. I'm not leaving work to come get right. him. Absolutely not. And, and not, I don't want this to sound proud when I say this. But um, two years ago, this one kid continuously picked on him, picked and picked and picked and picked mm -hmm. and picked on, on the bus. And um, he was behind him in the bus line. And at one point, Jacob kept saying, stop, 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 stop. And he told me this. He does this every single day. And I said, you know, I've told you what to do. If he doesn't stop after we've talked to everybody then it is what it is. Mm -hmm. And Jacob turned around one day, hauled off and punched him in the eye. And Jacob actually had a pencil in his hand and he f forgot that he had it in his hand. It was just an instinct. You know, you know, when you get in those moments and you just, mm -hmm. and he hit it's him fight or like, flight. Yeah. he literally hit him right, right below the eye with a pencil, almost stabbed this kid in the eye with a pencil. And I mean, I felt horrible for the kid because mm -hmm. of the situation. But I was like, he should have stopped. He should have. Well, stopped. and I feel like the schools drop drop the ball a, a lot they too. Do. Because they I'm like, do. there needs to be more plans of action. Like, and how many mm -hmm. times do you hear, like, in your case, like, did the other, did that other kid's parents even have any idea what was they going kept on blaming at school? Jacob. Did they know? They kept blaming Jacob mm. because the kid said it was Jacob's fault, and I was like, I, my kid comes home and crocodile tears to me because he's so sick and tired of being bullied i know when my kid is like right the problem versus not like i can tell <laughs> when he's like well they're doing it to me and he's lying or he's telling right. me the truth and this kid coming I home devastated every day yeah i mean he was so depressed last year was probably the worst year ever mm -hmm. in school his attitude and his depression was just on a level that i'd never seen before like, I was so worried some nights that, like, not to say that he would do anything to himself, because I don't, I think. But it happens. Just, I think he would be too scared to. Yeah. I really do. Um, but the fear is still in the back of your mind. Mm -hmm. Because he well, was because you so hear about stories all the time where kids depressed. do it. Yes. And I was like. Right. He's not my, this is not my child. This is not my fucking child. Mm -hmm. And when it's like, I at what point as a parent, it's like, what do you keep doing? You just yeah. keep calling the principal every day. Like, what do you keep doing? You move your kids mm -hmm. schools. Is that even possible? Like, I don't have children. Well, I don't know what the, I, I don't I even know what the, you can do at that point. I told the school this year, I said, if it, if it gets to that point this year, I'm pulling him out and he can sit in front of a computer mm -hmm. and be and be a virtual learner. I don't care what you have to do. Which is so hard happen. because then he loses 
It is. Yeah. It and, is. But that's so but hard his, on you because then he loses social skills. Then he loses the, you know what I mean? Like it's to me. His safety oh, is more absolutely. important to me. Yeah. But absolutely. I them, and I think I said, something that's really. Yeah. I, I Sorry, told them. I said, no, you're fine. I told them. I said, I don't care what you guys have to do. I don't care if he's the mm-hmm. only student in the entire school that is virtually learning because you guys have to prop mm-hmm. up a laptop on the teacher's desk and angle it towards the chalkboard. It's what you're going to fucking do because my kid is right. not going to hurt himself because some assholes mm-hmm. at school can't, their parents can't learn to teach them to shut the fuck up and not be yeah, a, or a, do a any long-term mental damage. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to set my child up to have these long-term things. And you know what, something that I read online that like broke my heart too was, um, So it says, according to the latest stats on bullying in schools, 43 to 48% of students reported that they would not intervene if they saw someone being bullied. And it's, that's, that's so unfortunate uh, because Mm -hmm. in 57% of cases where um, like a friend does stand up for them or someone does intervene, the bullying usually stops. It's like once a bully realizes that this person that they're picking on has a team, they have mm-hmm. a group, they have a support system, they're like, oh, shit, I can't fuck with him anymore. You know what yeah. I mean? I can't I can't bully him anymore. I'm going to have all these people against me. Yeah. So it's, it's really heartbreaking that that percentage is so high of students yeah. that are like, no, I don't do anything. I just keep walking. Yeah. You know? Well, and I feel like that's something really important that you also, if you're talking about bullying with your children, I think Mm -hmm. that is just as important to teach them to stand up for a stranger who's being bullied like that as well. Yeah. Um, And I mean, that carries over into adulthood because, oh yeah. Speaking of something so similar to that, um, I don't, I don't know the whole situation. I like I've talked about, I just Mm -hmm. took my youngest son to a jelly roll concert two, two weeks ago and leaving the right. concert, we were in traffic and there were these two girls and this guy was talking to them. I couldn't hear what he was saying, but they looked super mm-hmm. just annoyed and like he wasn't really with them, but I couldn't tell. You know how you see those moments or whatever? Yeah. And I I rolled down my window and I was like, are you fucking with them or are you with them? And they were like, right. And the guy was like, well, who are you? And I was like, well, who the fuck are you? I was like, if you're not with right. them, keep fucking walking. If you're if you're not with them and you mm-hmm. don't know them, keep fucking walking. And then yeah. I guess someone heard me and another female rolled down her window right. and continued because I kept driving. I had to keep going because traffic mm-hmm. and continued this the same conversation. And I kept watching in my rearview mirror and my my side mirror and i was like if this motherfucker doesn't i'm getting out of this truck because i'm not going to stand here and watch yeah i'd rather call out yeah right i'd rather call out and look like an asshole he kept walking yeah and he was out of sight by the time i got out of sight he was completely out of sight and i don't know where he went and it's like in those situations yeah i'd rather call it out and be an asshole than like drive away and wonder if something could have happened or if i could have intervened for sure and it's in the, it's, it's well, especially the same stuff like that situations. where people are like drinking. Yeah. I right. was like, Mm-mm. and Walker was right. like, what are you, mom, what are you doing? Mom, mom, what are you doing? And I was like, shut up, <laughs> shut up Walker. Um, but total side moment, but I, that was kind of a good example. I thought, but 
Another really sad statistics when it comes to bullying that I saw was 48.9%. So 49% of tweens, 9 to 12, experiencing experience bullying at school, but only 13% report it. That's not even half. Less than half report it. Mm-hmm. See, and I have the statistics for um, teenagers above that. Mm-hmm. Um, it says that 38% of teenagers say that they have been bullied. Um, and that 40% of those 38% uh, struggled to report it to parents or teachers in fear of retaliation or continued bullying. Mm-hmm. That's heartbreaking. So half of the kids. So still, I mean, it's it's still the same dynamic. Half of mm-hmm. the kids that do report being bullied, mm-hmm. don't report it. Yeah. And um, 41%, like I saw 41% that do report it, think it will happen again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's it just, it blows my mind. And one that I thought was interesting was a higher percentage of males report physical bullying Whereas females mm-hmm. are more subject to rumors, which makes 100%. Well, yep. <laughs> this goes back to last week's episode when we yeah. talked about domestic violence. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? With with men, it is more physical, right? Yep. But, it, mm-hmm. when, but in the woman's world, it's definitely more of a mental game. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely yeah. a mental aspect of it. There's... Um, Oh, it says that 79% of bullying is usually verbal harassment and that that's higher in the female percentile of bullying yeah. than in male mm-hmm. because when, uh, girls, man, I mean, girls. you just look at the movie Mean <laughs> Girls, that whole movie right. is exactly that. Any, any teenage female movie, well, yeah, but- it's. That's I mean, honestly, it's all the manipulation when... and mental games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the first thing that. I well, mean, I think that it's... entire movie is based on bullying mm-hmm. in the female right. Well, and I think high now... school world. <laughs> right. Well, and I think now it's even so different. Like you and I kind of talked about this beforehand. Like when I was in school and when I was being bullied, mm-hmm. it was face to face. It was rumors being spread. It It was right, right. It was it was that kind of thing. Where I feel like now, with all this technology, cyberbullying has just taken off. And sadly, I think it's worse in the adult world than it is in the kids' world. But I mean, a kid's mentality, a kid's a kid's mental age is also much younger. I mean, look at Mm -hmm. even back in high school, I was bullied so bad that I was like, that was my main focus. And now, as an adult, I'm like, yeah, so what? I'm fat. (laughs) The men love it. You know what I mean? Like, where back then I felt like a disgusting piece of garbage, and Mm -hmm. and so I just feel like, especially with TikTok blowing up. And everyone makes these call out videos and these whatever. And I'm like, just listen, if you follow me on TikTok, you know all about my call out videos. Okay. (laughs) If you don't go watch them, they're great. Like if you're, if you're calling someone out for their shitty behavior towards you justified. Okay. Absolutely justified because there's a few videos I made calling out a certain someone 
who decided that she wanted to be a bully. But then when I can, yeah, Bethany, but then when I confronted her, she tucked her little tail and ran to the South side of the state, you know? So it's, it's just, (laughs) it's very different. And, and, and internet, the internet allows access to make as many fake accounts as you want. Oh you can God. use oh, any name, Remember, any location, Phillip. any yeah. Philip over here, right, right. Hey, my so name's I mean, Phillip. people just set a page. <laughs> some people may not have the balls to say stuff to your face, but guess what? Under Tweedledee and Tweedledum account, they're going to get on your profile and leave comments that are just hateful, and you know what I mean. Because yes. there's no consequences. No one is seeing them be. Uh, a shitty person right they can do it in secret like for what like i mean listen i am i will sit and i will gossip and if you and i are at dinner and i see some lady in some weird outfit i'm gonna be like listen six o'clock you see her like what is she thinking um i think that's very normal that's just a typical gossipy little thing yeah but to antagonize someone to their face to to hurt them Physically or mentally, over and you're over a piece and of shit. Over. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And to yeah. to literally, and when I say my call out videos on TikTok are great, it's not that I'm out here like you did this and you're you're this person. It's someone coming yeah. at me for years trying to make me look mm-hmm. like a bad person. When I was the only good And this was you standing up for yourself. Right. 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 Yeah. This was you standing up for yourself the and finally being like, listen. Ball game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I and, tried and, playing and- nice. I tried keeping quiet. And you keep going. So now if you're going to bust it open, baby, I'm going to bust it all the way open. I mean, <laughs> if you want all the facts out, let's lay all the mm-hmm. facts out. And very quickly we learned mm-hmm. they didn't want all the facts out. Mm-mm. Not no, at all. Because they've been Casper ever since. Ashley. By the way, we changed names for legal purposes. So, Um, but anyway, back to our regularly scheduled program. Um, Some of the top places that bullying happens at school. um, Number one was the hallway or stairwell at 43%. Number two is because there's no teachers there. Yeah. But number two is inside the classroom at 42%. See, but then I sit back and I go, where's your teacher? Why are the adults not aware? Are you not listening? Like, what is what is happening? Number three is the cafeteria at 27%. Again, there should be teachers in the cafeteria. Like, all the classes that are in mm-hmm. there eating, where are the teachers? Um, number mm-hmm. four, outside on school grounds, 22%. Number five, online or by text, 15%. Number six, bathroom locker room 12 percent. again i feel like there should be teachers in there because that is one of the number to me that seems like that should be higher on the list because i feel like that's where you hear it a lot is in the bathroom or locker room or at um, least having a teacher standing outside the bathroom you know what i mean yeah. like there needs to be well, someone within f- a close enough radius to hear yeah, yeah. Well, i feel like a lot of school bathrooms have the like where you walk in and then you turn and then you turn again to get to the stall so like where you mm. walk in and turn like the teacher could be there still like not in the right. bathroom but in the bathroom you know what i mean um and then mm-hmm. the last one was the school bus at eight percent yeah so 
which again, the school bus is hard. The school bus to me is one of the hardest to control because there's one adult or two for the younger kids because the younger kids usually have bus mm-hmm. monitors. The older students usually don't. Right. I don't ever remember having a bus monitor past elementary school. Um, yeah, and I don't so either. you have one adult who's driving a bus. I mean, I can't imagine driving mm-hmm. a bus and having a entire bus full of students so loud, yelling, screaming, hollering, talking. Right. My anxiety and like being overstimulated. No, mm-hmm. I'd I'd kill us all because there's no way. And then trying to like maintain. Yeah the chaos on top of people being mean to each other. No. Mm-mm. Right. No. See, being, being a pre-K teacher, I mean, that's, a, that's only four and five year olds. They're just right. picking, you know what I mean? They don't understand right. the concept of like really trying to bully someone, but they're bullying. Um, I will tell you other. right now, <laughs> right. Calling each other poopy heads. You know what I mean? So, um, hey, poopy head. <laughs> but being a teacher, yeah, being, you're you're not invited to my birthday, and I'm like, your birthday's right. not for nine months, Tommy. Chill, like, <laughs> she doesn't even want to go to your Ninja Turtle birthday, bro. Like, chill right. out. But yeah. having, I mean, I've done this for twelve years, right, mm-hmm. in a classroom, and mm-hmm. I can tell you right now, even as a teacher who is very aware, right, like I have to keep some kind of calmness in the room. It was me with 15 to 18 children by myself. And I can tell you right now that when I am aware, I can hear every conversation happening in that class at the exact same time. And I can keep up with every conversation because I Mm -hmm. want to. So that's what's Mm -hmm. frustrating to me about, um, especially in a classroom where it is a quieter setting. You know, it's not like a preschool classroom where they're all running around and playing and it's loud and it's whatever. Um, but as a bus driver, I mean, you're trying to focus on the map, the roads, the traffic, the weather, you know, and then you have all these yelling kids that are excited to go home in the back. Like it's, that's and this definitely, is probably the I feel time like in the whole day where they've yeah. really gotten to like talk, mm-hmm. they've been holding it in all day. Like sure. They've had lunch yeah. and they've had recess and. But this is the first time all day they've really gotten to like let loose. I mean, they're talking about their day. Yeah, yeah. they're excited. They're on their way home. Oh. School's done. They're about to go home yeah. and play video games. They're all hyped right. up, you know? So yeah. I, I could definitely see that. Yeah. So that's Woo. that. This podcast is sponsored by Reckless Patriot Gear. They are a husband and wife duo and also a veteran owned small business. of their sales go to our Operation Underground Railroad, which helps to assist with saving innocent children from trafficking. They make t-shirts that have a patriotic theme with a funny twist and also some adult humor. Use the code ZEROFUCKS and get 10% off your purchase because when it comes to people's feelings like their shirts, we also give zero fucks. Find them online at www.recklesspatriotgear.com. I know one thing that we talked about too was like the physical bullying being higher in males to females. Um, You know, but even I had an experience back in middle school where, again, I was in seventh grade. I was too young to date. I have a military father. He was like, hell no, (laughs) no way, Jose. Um, And I had a group of people, male and female. um, And I guess one of the, one of the kids in that group of kids had a crush on me. 
and mm-hmm. he wanted to, I don't even, at that time, I'm like, what is a boyfriend? I don't even know what that means, you know, but he wanted, he wanted to, to link up and to be my boyfriend and to mm-hmm. kiss me. And, you know, and I kept telling him, no, I'm not allowed. My dad said, no, like, stop. I can't like, stop it. And he would physically try to reach out and like grab me and like pull me towards him and make me very physically uncomfortable. Um, and I made a comment to him and I was like, honestly, I was like, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. And he made a comment and he was like, um, Lord have mercy, just something, something about God, like Lord have mercy or, oh my God, or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, God has nothing to do with it. I was like, cause if he did, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. (laughs) Just being like funny, trying to like, ha ha ha. You know what I mean? Like trying to just like deflect the bullying, right? Like make Mm -hmm. a joke out of it to make it like lesser of a thing to like calm down the situation. Uh, but apparently when I said that it triggered complete anger with that within that entire group. Um, and they literally, it was the end of the day. So we were walking to the buses, like through the school. Mm -hmm. Um, they literally chased me through the school, taunting me, pushing me, poking me, pulling my hair. Um, and because I ignored it, you know, following my dad's rules, ignore, ignore, ignore. If you can get away, get away before fighting, you know? Um, but they just kept going. And finally, um, this is when Snapple drinks, the bottles were made of glass. Um, and they actually, one of the boys actually threw his Snapple drink and it cracked me in the back of the head. I still have a knot on the back of my head from where it busted my head open. Um, and from that point it got to an extreme enough that my parents were called in, all of their parents were called in and it was, it was, I mean, this, luckily the school that I went to immediately was like, if we hear of anything again, they are not just suspended. They are expelled from this school completely. And yeah. thank God that whole group of kids, parents were like serious. They were on it. They were, yeah. you know what I mean? I never had issues from, did they talk about me behind my back? Sure. Were they still saying things here and there? Sure. But they definitely uh, made it a point to keep distance. You know what yeah. I mean? So luckily it's rare, but luckily for me, it got extreme very quickly, but then it abruptly stopped and I didn't have to deal with that again. But yeah. it was that moment that did make me, that's when I kind of shifted was eighth grade year. And that's when it became, I will never be a victim like that again. No yeah. one will ever draw blood from my body ever again. And that's when I started fighting. So then tables turned, you know, (laughs) then when other people would even try to bully me, like very minimum stuff. Mm -hmm. Listen, a girl knocked my binder out of my hand, walking past me, like walk by and just boom, hit it. When I tell you that I said nothing and I, within a second, had her by the back of the hair and had slung her into the lockers and cut the, the metal turn knob had cut her face open. You know what I mean? And from that point, I was like, no one will, it was bad. Listen, I'm not proud of it. It was bad. I, I didn't, my parents, and I I love my parents, but there was no definition of fuck around and find out back then. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, I did. But like, and, and I love my parents, but they didn't help me at home. Right. There was no, like, again, military father, tough it out, ignore it, keep going, walk on you know, bandage the wound and keep going. You know, Mm -hmm. it wasn't like a big, 
I feel like nowadays parents are definitely more on the like mental health side of it, right? And they Which are I, getting their children some more help. Is good. Well, back then also, my parents ignored it completely. Yeah. And I'm not saying that taking care of one's mental health is not a good thing because I'm all about it. Like my son right. has seen a therapist. We do all of that. But there's also mm-hmm. got to be a point where you're like tough on them. Like, there's still got to be that tough love. A balance, for sure. And I feel yeah. like that's what this world in parenting is lacking. There is not that anymore. Right. If you catch my drift, there's so much right. lack of that tough love that parents are giving to their children mm-hmm. nowadays. And I'm not saying beat your kids. Like, no. But at the same time... You got equal give consequences them- for the yeah. actions. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. See, and back then, back then, the mental part was just ignored. My yeah. parents didn't realize that it had affected me so badly, and mm-hmm. that that's why I was acting out. That's yeah. why now I was fighting. And then with fighting, now I'm now mm-hmm. I'm the bad girl. So who am, yeah. who am I hanging out with? The bad kids. Well, what do the bad yeah. kids do? Drink, smoke weed. So then, what did I start? Doing? You know what I mean? It was like this chain reaction that I fell into because (laughs) yeah because my parents didn't talk to me about it there was no discussion Mm -hmm. there was no like how do we fix this in the future it was always just Mm -hmm. don't start the fight just finish it you know what I mean but there was nothing past that but again I think nowadays sometimes that is taken too far without uh, again there needs to be a balance of the two Mm -hmm. Yeah. Either way, it can end, it, it can go the wrong way. I feel like if you don't find the proper balance with your child, because every kid is different as well, you know, but like yeah. you got to find a happy medium with each kid. 100%. Um, I did want to touch on some of the effects of bullying because mm-hmm. whether your kid is doing the bullying or is being bullied, I think this kind of goes either way. Um and just sitting here looking at this while you were finishing talking, every single one of these is my child except the last one within the last two years. Um, students who experience bullying are increased risk for depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. sleep difficulties. And here's the thing with the sleep difficulties one, my oldest, neither of my kids have ever had trouble sleeping. I mean, you put them in bed right. and they are out, gone. Whereas me, I have insomnia. I have trouble falling asleep. I have trouble staying asleep. If I wake up in the middle of the night, good luck right. with me going back to sleep, The whole, all of it. Um, last year, I can't tell you the amount of times that I would put my oldest to bed. And within an hour, two hours, middle of the night, he would come to my room. I can't sleep. Never had that happen until... Mm-hmm last year maybe a little bit before that um lower academic achievements which my my oldest was an a b student from the time he started preschool until last Mm -hmm. year last year he got Mm -hmm. c's and d's and he's always and i've never asked him to be an a b student he just was right last year he was c's d's and he had two he had one f I thought he was going to fail seventh grade. Mm-hmm. They were like, no, you have to have two F's. He only has one. He gets to keep going. I was like, when did that change? Because when I was in school, if we had an F, we were, we got to stay back. Right. Not now. Right. Um, 
And then the last one is dropping out of school completely. Right. Well, and we already went over the statistics of how many kids don't report bullying to teachers or parents, you know, and Mm -hmm. I think that that's something that parents need to be aware of too, is like, if your child's not coming to you, I think there needs to be a time and place every day, even if it's just a brief conversation where it's like, how was your day? How are your friends? Any teachers being jerk? You know what I mean? Like there's a way to have a conversation with your kid. Right. And like, if you start noticing that like their sleep is off, their grades are dropping, they're whatever, they're staying in their room more often, their friends aren't coming around. I feel like that needs to be like, that's your sign. That's your underlying sign that there is something Mm -hmm. else happening. And it may not just be their hormones, you know, like it may be a little deeper than that. And I always think that it's just smart to like dig. I don't care if I annoy you. I'm going to dig because if there's, Mm -hmm. if there's an underlying issue that I need to be aware of as a parent, I mean, I'm not a parent, but like if there is, I'm still going to do it. Even with the girls that I nanny, when I pick them up from school, the whole car ride home, how was your day? And I even, I'll even go into like, were you happy today? Did, you know, did that excite you when you went outside to play? Like Mm -hmm. I even tried to incorporate like the emotional side of it. And if they're like, well, I was sad. I'm like, oh my God, why were you sad? Oh, because my necklace broke. I'm like, oh, well, that's a good reason Mm -hmm. to be sad. I would be sad too. Maybe we can fix it. But I just feel like it's it's just a way to open up communication and let kids feel comfortable enough to come to Mm -hmm. you, even for those small, tiny things. Because one day if they need to come to you for something bigger, they might feel more comfortable to do so. Yeah. Yeah, I always tell both my kids. I'm like, I don't care what it (laughs) is. I would rather you come Mm -hmm. to me even if it's bad right. with the truth or something that happened, we'll figure it out. We'll fix it Right. versus you lying to me or not telling me right. and me having or to block you out completely. Secondary mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't care. So most days, especially this year, more so than last, just because I know how hard right. last year was on him. You're aware. Some days yeah. I forget. Yeah, some days I obviously forget, but I try most days. And it's more so at bedtime because I still do the, you know, I'll I'll sit down with them right at bedtime and mm-hmm. I'll do like the scratch scratch their back right before bed. Even though he's 13, I don't care. Right. Um my parents did it with that's me still your connection. I was senior in high school. <laughs> right. You know? That's your that's your um, connection. That's, that's your bonding yeah. time with him. Yeah. Yeah. And that's usually when I'm like, "So how was your day? Did anything happen?" Like did you have a good day? Was anybody say anything? And that's, that's just usually the time when I ask. And it's sad because my youngest is eight and my youngest, again, like Mm -hmm. I've talked about is type one diabetic. Kids are picking on him for having that. And it's like, he's like, are you freaking kidding me? It just, that annoys me more than anything, but that's just, I don't know. Um, Another one says students who are both targets of bullying and engage in bullying behavior are greater risk for both mental health and behavioral problems than students who only bully or are only bullied. So it's like if they do Mm -hmm. both, so if they're bullied Mm -hmm. and they bully, they're at a higher risk for um, mental health and behavioral problems than if it's just one or the other. Yeah. I mean, I can see that. 
I mean, look yeah. how much trouble I got into once I flipped the script and started being the bully back, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, it did. It took yeah. me down such a dark path. It, it, you know, I was so rebellious mm -hmm. that it messed up my relationship with my stepdad. You know, my sister didn't, I was mean to my sister even. Like it started bleeding into my home life, my personal life. Yeah. And like yeah. it, all of that stuff had a <laughs> mental effect on me, an emotional effect on me. So I can definitely yeah. see where that happens for sure. Yeah, Jake. Jacob said definitely he's he picks on his younger brother he picks on Walker a lot and I'm like mm -hmm. just because you get picked on at school does not give you the right to come home and pick on him because right. he gets picked on at school and then you come home and you mm -hmm. do it to him and he's getting it twice as worse what if I came home and right. picked on you the way you're getting picked on at school that's not fair you can't right. I finally had to sit them down a couple weeks ago and I mean I had to have a full-on hard conversation right. and we all three of us were crying all three of us were crying right. in my bedroom because i was like the shit mm -hmm. has got to stop i can't and take sibling it. stuff is yeah sibling stuff is, is so normal like that too but but you do it notice is. when it starts to cross a line of like and it was getting starting to, to just point. want to damage each other right yeah and i was like listen it's just me and you two Mm -hmm. I can't come home after working all day and I'm doing both my podcast stuff <laughs> and mm -hmm. you're picking on your brother and your brother's picking on you and you both get picked on at school. Right. And I was like, it's just, I mean, it was like a 30 minute plus conversation. I just went into all of right. it and I was like, it's not fair. You've got to stop. You've right. got to stop. And it's right. actually been a lot better. So thank God. But right. um, yeah, it's, it's hard. Um, so another one is bullied students indicate that bullying has a negative effect on how they feel about themselves at 27%, mm -hmm. their relationships with their friends and family at 19%, their schoolwork also 19%, and physical health at 14%. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it all, so, again, domino effect, it's going, if it's affecting one aspect mm -hmm. of your life, if it is not handled or cared for or taken care of in the right way by your peers, it's going to eventually bleed into every other aspect of your life. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think another one specifically that we wanted to touch on was bullying and suicide, because that seems to be something that happens a lot. Um, mm -hmm. It's not one that I've ever really feared as a parent with my oldest. Right. Um, of course, it always sits in the back of your brain just a little bit. Because mm -hmm. um, we are a household that has, you know, weapons. Um, but they're mm -hmm. put up out of reach. But he knows that they're here. Now, do I think he's going to go searching right. for them and actually do anything? No. Is that tiny thought in the back of your brain? Always? Mm -hmm. Always. Um, so. Well, you just, it's you never know. The, yeah. the stories that you do hear about it happening. I mean, honestly, mm -hmm. you hear those parents saying the same thing. I would yeah. have never thought he wasn't like that. I never thought that she yeah. would do that. You know what I mean? It's, it's mm -hmm. because you just don't expect it. And I feel like the yeah. younger they are, how much more traumatizing that oh is to like come to the realization that they can be mm -hmm. mentally broken at that young of an age, you know? Yeah. So, so you even it's know what it is. It's that really young sad. of an age. 
is what or how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, there was one that was a pretty national case um, back earlier this year. I actually reached out to his mom about coming on my other podcast to, again, bring awareness mm-hmm. to the situation. Um, and she just wasn't ready yet. Right. She said, give me a few months and reach back out. And I just haven't yet. Uh, but he, she picked him up. I can't remember his name. I wish I'd have looked it up before this, but I, I can't remember his name. I probably could find it in my messages, but I don't want to waste time. Um, she picked him up from school. Everything seemed fine. He was happy talking about his day, just his normal self, mm-hmm. um, laughing and giggling and cutting up with her. She dropped him off at home. Um, and I want to say she was a stay at home mom, not a hundred percent sure on that. Um, but Mm -hmm. she said she had to like run to the store or the gas station, like literally not even five minutes from their home. Um, went to the gas station was lit. I think she said she was not even gone five minutes, came back Mm -hmm. and I want to say he hung himself. I Again, I don't remember. I wish mm-hmm. I would have looked it up. And within those that five minutes that she mm-hmm. was gone. And she was like, I had no clue. Because of he right. acted so happy and so himself. And so just... Mm-hmm. There was no, there I mean, was... I feel like you see that a lot in adults, too. Yeah. I feel like when they get to that mental breaking point, mm-hmm. I mean, you look at like... They act happier than ever. Robin- yeah, like you look at Robin Williams, the Pleasure. happiest actor on earth who was, yeah, like they mm-hmm. were so happy in the the light of the world. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, what? That's why you always hear like, mm-hmm. check on your loved ones. Always say I love you. Yeah. Like who cares? You know what I mean? Like just, yeah. yeah, it's it's one of those decisions that there's, it, it happens like that. Now, there are stories of people that have attempted it. Um, I actually worked with a girl um, who went through it, and she put a shotgun to her chest, and she actually survived. Um, And you always hear from the survivors that, like, I wish I would have never. It wasn't that bad. You know what I mean? Like, I wish I would have just reached out and gotten help because Mm -hmm. as soon as it happened, I realized Mm – I don't want this to happen. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to die. I don't want to, you know what I mean? So, but for a child who doesn't have the emotional capacity to like, mm-hmm. I mean, even adults yeah. don't either, you know, because um, they, I've heard it that still too. happens, but yeah. Yeah. The one but that for a child, I, it's so brief um, and it's so drastic. The guy that I know of. Yeah. The mm-hmm. guy that I know of, I don't know him like personally, but yeah, he, <sighs> I don't think, I think it was like a, a handgun of some sort, but he put it in his mouth and it like mm-hmm. blew off part of his like upper lip area and he survived. Mm-hmm. And he's like, mm-hmm. I should have never, should have never done it. Like, yeah. I don't know what the hell, I don't know what the Instant hell Instant regret. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A meta analyst found that students facing peer victimization are 2.2 times more likely to have suicidal ideation and 2.6 more like 2.6 times more likely to attempt suicide than students not facing victimization. Just another just, heartbreaking mm. statistic, you know? It's there's nothing that can even be said on it. It's just I know. 
It's hard. It is. Make the effort. Make the connection. Talk to your children. Stay in the loop. Yes. You know, like, like do what you can. And if you don't know what to do, there are resources that you can reach out mm-hmm. and be like, what can I do? How do I fix this? You know, make the effort yeah. for that, sure. The next, the next thing is interventions. Um, bully mm-hmm. youth are most likely to report that actions that, um, that excess support from others. Tweens reported using a variation of strategies to stop bullying included blocking that person, bullying them, telling a parent, ignoring the person, uh, reporting it to the website or app. So that's obviously cyberbullying and taking a break from the mm-hmm. device, which again is probably cyberbullying. But I think the biggest takeaway for me is just talk to your kids. Talk to your kids mm-hmm. about all of the importance of being a nice human being. If you see mm-hmm. it, stop it. Stand up for your peers. And right. adults and children. If you're going again, through it, still it happens or you're even in a victim adult. of it, talk to someone. Mm-hmm. Tell someone. Don't yeah. be afraid to talk to your. Don't be. And if you're listening and you're a kid, which with the title of this, you pr- probably shouldn't be, but. <laughs> right talk to your parent talk to someone um Mm -hmm. and just because you talk to one person if that one person right well and and if you talk to someone even as an adult right because I think sometimes even adults are like yeah like this is going on and I have these comments on my video and this person's saying this it's stupid sometimes you have that friend like like ah, just ignore it okay Mm -hmm. sometimes you need more than that reach out to someone else you have other friends, other family yeah. members, other peers. Right. Like, don't let one person shutting you down shut you down. If it's something that's really bothering you like that, I mm-hmm. would rather talk to you 10 times about a comment and I, I'd rather help pull mm-hmm. your confidence back up out of that than to hear that you're not here anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's not that easy to just ignore it either. I tell my son that a lot. I'm like, just do your Mm -hmm. best to ignore them. But I know that that's not always the easiest. Like sometimes you, I mean, personal experience. Sometimes you just want to fight back. Mm -hmm. When you're pushed into it, when you're cornered, you know, when you're done being poked in the cage, you know, it's like, it Mm -hmm. definitely, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I well, mean, I love I that we touched been... on all of this. Yeah, yeah, I do too. I think it's not our are... typical stuff, but no, it's not. But I think it's important. I think sometimes you know the Very. fun episodes are always mm-hmm. fun, but the hard episodes are definitely needed. And I think we have to do them every now and Agreed. then. And again, it's it's not throwing numbers at you guys. It's awareness right. and just talk to your kids and. Go get your boobies checked. <laughs> just be aware of boobies and buttholes. That's all we're asking. Yeah. Just in a whole different all way for both. But yes. Um, but I'm excited. <laughs> Next week is going to be all about Halloween. Listen, it'll be fun. We'll play some games. We'll do some survey stuff. I'm Next week is I'm excited. back to normal. Yes. And Paige yes. may show up in a costume. Chelsea won't because she's not fun. I will absolutely not show up. Listen, I'll show up mentally stable. That's my costume this year. Surprise. (laughs) 
I know being mentally stable is so boring. I like the little bit of crazy. So you never it'll know be a good I week and I'm going to in. Texas. Yeah, I'm going to Texas this next week. So it'll be fun to come back and share that experience. I've been away from home for a year and a half. So I'm very excited to see friends and family. I wish I could go with you. And for them to see my my new body. Oh, yeah. They haven't seen me since. um, Yeah. So for the people that don't know, I had weight loss surgery back in June. And so um, I am down a total of um, 120-something pounds. So these friends and family have not seen me since then. So I'm very excited to go back. Your surgery was four months ago today, right? Four months ago today, yes. So I am very excited to go home and for everyone to see me again. Because when Mm -hmm. they saw me leaving, I was not in this mental space or physical space. So I'm, I'm stoked. So, so now they're going to see you as skinny. <laughs> You're calling me skinny. Yeah. Uh, I listen though. I'm not going to lie. There is a mental part of it though. That makes me, which again, maybe it triggers back to the whole being bullied for being fat, right? Like I, there's a part of me that's very nervous that I'm going to go down there because if you have not gone through this process, Mm-hmm. You don't know how hard it actually is to still lose the weight. Yes, I had the yeah. surgery, but there's still a very conscious effort you have to make with every bite of food you put in your mouth. Um, and I am still afraid because I know that I am still, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still chunky. Chinthia is still rocking here. Okay. <laughs> um, I just think that when you hear of someone getting weight loss surgery, especially because you watch like my 600 pound life, like you're watching a 42 minute episode where these people are going from like 600 pounds to like 130, you know, and it's so fast and it's so drastic. So there is a fear in me that I'm going to go back and people will be like, yeah, you look great. But then be like, I don't know. I guess I just thought that you would be, that you would have lost like more than that. You've only lost that, you know? And so I'm like, there's that little bit of anxiety that's like telling me that, but I know for myself, that I have busted ass and I have worked hard and I know my number victories and I know my off scale victories and I know the life, the quality of my life has been amazing these last four months compared to Mm -hmm. what it has been for the last three years when I started putting on the weight real heavy. So I just have to like mentally prepare to like be okay. And if something is said to literally let it roll. Yeah. Because I know that I'm doing good. I know that I'm on top, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's going to be fun. I think you're going to have a lot of fun. I'm jealous. I wish I could go with you. (laughs) I'm excited. Very. So well, stay tuned. We'll be back next next week with lots more. Next week will be all about Halloween and maybe uh, give us your predictions on what I'm going to show up as. Them or me? Anybody. Everyone. I think you're going to be a cowgirl. We'll you little see. Kentucky thing. I don't know. Yeah. Again, <laughs> you little Kentucky, you little country thing, you. We'll see. I'll be here. I'll be excited to see you. Goodbye. Well, on that note, peace out, Girl Scouts. Hey y'all, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at ZeroFucksGivenPod. And don't forget the U is an underscore. And send us your feedback, suggestions, and topics you want to hear about. And when we say nothing is off limits, we mean it.